Welcome to the A-List Podcast. I'm your host, Aishra Blakely, with the co-host with the most, Kwani A. Lunas. What's going on, girl? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. I'm energized. I'm excited for a matchup this week, which we're going to get into, because you know I'm always here for a good historical NBA game. See, I'm here for some some low-key pettiness from both teams going both ways. That's kind of what I want. Uh, And the one thing... The one thing I've noticed about the league of late is that there seems to be a little bit more feistiness. Guys are starting, I think, since that the playoffs are around the corner. Games truly matter now, more so than they did you know, a few weeks ago. And there's a little bit more edge, a little more antsiness to, to guys uh, when they get out there on the court and they're playing. And frankly, I am here for all the pettiness. Uh, I am a big fan of the pettiness. Uh, and so we're going to get a, a lot of that and then some. Um, before we go any further, just want to just give a shout out to our sponsor, BetOnline.ag, uh, and also a shout out to our podcast, which is available on all your podcasting apps, anywhere and everywhere. Subscribe, give us the gift that never, ever gets old and never gets moldy. It is fresh <laughs> to death every day and Sunday. The A-List Podcast. Now, Kwani, this was yeah. a big week for the Celtics. You know why it was a big week? Because of Jason Tatum being named Eastern Conference player. Jason Tatum was balling out. And not we've seen him ball out all season. But what happened this week, he was balling out and they were winning games. It's amazing yeah. how when those two things come together, everyone seems to be happy. Everyone is real feeling good about themselves. What jumped out to you about just his play other than the fact that he was just dropping buckets left and right? That's what we've expected from Jason Tatum. So I'm not necessarily surprised. As you mentioned, when we have that combination, we can see that combination of Jason Tatum and them winning. It kind of leans you towards the trend of when he can be on fire, then the team can do well. So obviously heading into this week, they have bigger matchups that are coming up, especially the Lakers. And I would love to just see that momentum continue. And hopefully they could end out the season on a stronger note. Yeah, and you mentioned the Lakers. That that's uh, you know team that they play on Thursday. Uh, one of the key new key additions to them would be Andre Drummond, a guy that that we'll certainly talk a little bit about later. But he's a player that the Celtics had a lot of interest in, and I'm I'm looking at his game, and I'm looking at the role that he might have been called upon to play for the Celtics. I, I'm kind of torn about whether how big of an impact he would make for this team. What what are, you, what are your thoughts on that? If he were a Celtic, well. Obviously, we've talked about how they need that big man presence and Tice leaving. We know that Robert Williams is getting a little bit more time, but I think he would have been an addition to the roster that could have been beneficial. But at the same time, you never know. With the personalities and the the chemistry, sometimes it's better than – I mean, I know sometimes fans will be frustrated, like, why didn't Danny make this move, whatever the case may be. But overall, I'm not necessarily disappointed that they didn't make that move because – I'm sure later down the line we can we'll see whether or not that works out for the Lakers specifically. Yeah, my my big concern with him was is that he would come here, uh, he play, he would to lesser degree stunt the growth of Robert Williams because he would play more than Robert most likely, mm-hmm. and then he would bounce in the offseason. And so basically, you're you know a guy that you're really banking on to be part of your your future core to some extent, Robert Williams will have another year in which he wasn't able to develop as much as he would have uh, if he had more of an opportunity to play. You know, and and again, for him, it's just a lot of it's just bad timing. When you look at Aaron Baines, you look at Al Horford, and you potentially yeah. Andre Drummond, all those guys were seasoned, established veterans 
who know how to play this game at a high level and are still able to function in impact games uh, at a significant enough level to where you go with them a little bit more so than you would Rob. So I'm, I'm glad that the Celtics took a pass on our, well, I should say Andre took a pass on the Celtics. Um, I'm glad he made that decision because uh, I do think long-term it's going to be good for the Celtics uh, without him. And speaking of what's good, uh, our guest is really good. I'm excited about this. Uh, Brad Turner with the Los Angeles Times. He's an NBA writer, longtime NBA writer, uh, I'm I'm really excited about, about about having him on the show, and you know I'm just not going to flap my gums any longer. We're just going to jump right into it, and he, let's let's go talk to BT. Brad Turner, how you doing, fella? What's going on? Man, all good out here in the West Coast. Although today's a little ugly, overcast, a little rain. You know how we are, weasels when it comes to I know. cold weather. I know it gets below fifty, and y'all like like running for cover. Like, where, where my Parker? Where, where my Canadian <laughs> goose? At? You said below fifty. <laughs> You mean below 60. Stop it. <laughs> Complaining for no reason. <laughs> for no reason. You're right about that. That's how y'all roll. That's how y'all roll. But another way that y'all roll is, is when it comes to adding talent. Uh, mm. We ain't talking about LeBron James. We ain't talking about AD. We talking about what you guys are able to do at the buyout market and adding Andre Drummond. And that's someone that the Celtics had a lot of interest in, obviously. And, and, and certainly the Lakers in their ability to acquire him. What have you seen from Andre so far that you like, what you don't like, that kind of stuff? No, the first thing is I like his attitude. Mm-hmm. I mean, I know someone that coached him in Detroit, so I got some background on him. Mm-hmm. And his response was, Andre is someone that's six foot 10, 280 pounds. He would not mind being a DJ. <laughs> and he likes basketball a lot but he doesn't really love basketball. And I have found that to be the case with a lot of big men. And I've covered Shaq. Shaq liked basketball a lot, mm-hmm. but did not love it the way Kobe did, obviously. Mm-hmm. But Andre is someone that actually has come in. He's fit in. Last night against um, New York, he had a pretty bad game scoring-wise, but he still had 10 rebounds. Mm-hmm. He still set screen. He still was physical. He's more nimble than I thought he was because I have to admit, Sherrod, I did not watch Detroit play games. Not and many I, people watch Detroit play games the past and, couple years. And look, and I damn sure didn't watch Cleveland play. So not I even really fewer people watch them play. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? No, so to watch him play some games and to see how he can set screens for them, and he has a really good attitude about the game. Now, if there's one thing I think he might need to slow down on, he still wants to get the ball down low. Mm-hmm. And he still wants to score. And my understanding is he's that's not what he's best at. He's better at rolling. But, you know, he's had a few turnovers behind that. But, you know, if the guy thinks he can score down low, a few times he did against Marcus Hardridge, he bullied dude. One, two, three dribbles, he did. and one. So if he does that, then he adds to his game, and the Lakers will love what they have so far. Yeah, I mean, well, 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 yeah. First of all, let me just j- just kind of do a little Deion Sanders backpedal a little bit here <laughs> okay, on your comments okay. about Andre Drummond and his like musical endeavors. I've listened <laughs> to his stuff on on Spotify. Okay. Stick, I have just really three words for him: stick to basketball. I this, that's your wheelhouse. Ooh, that's where you belong. Yeah, 
Ooh. Because Ooh. I'm looking at the kind of checks that you pull in playing basketball, and I'm looking at your music. Okay. Okay. One is off the charts. One of them is not on the charts. I love Andre okay. as a player because I know what he can do. But to your point, BT, I mean, one of the concerns, again, that talking with folks who are familiar with him had was whether he would accept the role that he will need to play with the Lakers. Because as you pointed out, he likes right. to get buckets. But LeBron knows everyone who wants to get buckets is not going to get the rock. How is he going to respond when LeBron comes back? Mm. And LeBron might look him off two or three times because AD will have the better matchup or because Schroeder will be shredding some cat that he's got into his head. How is Andre going to handle that? How do you think he's going to deal with that? You say when LeBron might look him off? You mean when LeBron <laughs> does look him off two or three or four times out of the court because he's looking for the <laughs> I mean, Let's be real on that. No, that'll be interesting to see. I mean, as of right now, I just spoke with one of the guys that plays for the Lakers, and he says that Drummond is loving it. But what's not the love about L.A.? And they spent two days in Miami. They spent four days <laughs> in New York. And they're winning games, and he's getting the ball. So, hey, as Denzel would say, love is love. Love is love right now. <laughs> but at some point, you're right. The Ryan will be back. AD will be back. What will Andre do when does he does not get the ball as often? Which will be the case. Mm -hmm. We have a poor attitude. I want to say that I think he fits in because let's not forget, Sherrod, he's also in a contract year. And you want to show the Lakers and everyone else that you are a good teammate and you want to get the big bucks when the season is over. Mm -hmm. Good point. Good point. Yeah, and Celtics-Lakers is obviously a historical matchup, which is why we brought you in, because they're going to be playing the Celtics on Thursday. Obviously, there haven't been that many fans in the arenas over the last year or so, but how have the Lakers adapted to not having that energy in their arena? You know, it's been tough for them. When the season first started, the Lakers actually were very good on the road because there were fans in the arenas calling them names, as we know that in Atlanta, where oh, of course yeah. I Karen had a little conversation with LeBron James. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so that, that you know that got them fired up. At home, it's up to the reserves, the young guys, to provide that energy. Now, lately, the Lakers have allowed some of the family members to show up, and so that's helped some. But you still don't hear much out of them because they're just enjoying the game. Because now they get to leave home on right. Thursday. <laughs> When the Lakers play the Celtics, there'll be fans there. I don't think there'll be more than 3,000 fans, but that's better than zero fans. And I think the guys are looking forward to that. They get a chance to enjoy that. And look, the Lakers still have not raised their banner yet. They won't do it Thursday wow. against the Celtics. I'm, su I'm surprised, honestly. That'd be so petty. <laughs> yeah, you're right. <laughs> Why don't do it? You're Boston. We got 17 too, dude. Not going to lie. Right. I will be raising it against the Celtics. I would be absolutely 100% in on that. That's but the most disrespectful not. thing you could ever do. I love it. I would do it. Hey, you're right. You got to Yo, yo, Boston. Hey, hey, Bill, how about this? Some team, some team. And we're looking for 18. I love that. You know, but it's not going to happen. They're not going to do it until I think May the 12th when it's their last home regular season game. Man, they missed a golden opportunity right there, man.
That is ooh. But here's the thing about the Celtics, though, is that they're tied with the Lakers now with, with obviously 17 championships, and the Lakers are have a team that on paper is still going to be in that conversation. How do you right. see the Celtics fit, fitting mm-hmm. into the whole chase for a championship? Because, I mean, I have my thoughts on that, but I'm curious what you're thinking on the, on the, on the West side. Mm-hmm. You know what's interesting about that, Sherrod? When the season first started, I picked the Celtics as one of the teams I thought could come out of the East, even mm-hmm. to the point where I had them favored over Brooklyn because I like your two young guys that much, Jalen and, and Jason. But mm-hmm. something's happened along the way. Mm-hmm. And it's been more than just the injuries, I think. They have lost their mojo. They're trying to get it back. I don't know if there's too much pressure on the young guys. I mean, I don't know if the coach is not reaching them anymore, but I don't see them coming out of the East at all. I mean, I just don't know if they have it in them anymore. I mean, they're getting guys back again and they're starting to get healthy and they're starting to play some better basketball, but something happened and they haven't quite got it back yet. What that is, I don't know. You see them more than I do. I do watch them play because I enjoy watching what they do. I enjoy the games. But something's missing, and they have what a month or so to get it back. And can they get it back? You know, I just don't know. Yeah, there's um, there's so many different layers to what their issues are. Uh, I think part of it is, is the fact that they're spoiled. I mean, think about this: your two best players are both under the age of 25. Have been to the conference finals more than pretty much anyone from the draft class. Got more playoff experience than damn near guys who've been in the league five, six, seven, eight years. I mean, I look at a guy like Zach Levine who's balling out in Chicago. He has been to the right. playoffs as many times as you, as us three here together. <laughs> Tatum went, has, has been just a significant number of times. So is Jalen Brown. And I think they almost get a little comfortable without realizing they got comfortable, uh, thinking that, you know, we're just going to figure this out. And it's just going to happen. Uh, last couple of games, they've showed a little bit of fight. And, and I, frankly, that's what you need. I mean, you need to show that you're not just going to accept how things playing out the way they're supposed to. You're going to fight to be a winner. Uh, and they're starting to figure that out. But the Lakers, even without LeBron, and, and you've seen enough times when these two teams have played, where things happen when these two get together yes. that have nothing to do with the talent. Like, there have been years where the Lakers have had a significantly better roster, and they catch that L. Times when you've seen the Celtics should be favored by six, seven, eight points, they catch that L. How do you, who do you think is going to be like a kind of a wild card in, in this matchup on Thursday? Man, I'm going to say Andre Drummond. Big guy. It gives him a chance to play in the spotlight. The game is on TNT. He's the newest guy. He's the guy that Celtics also wanted. He decided, no, I'm going to stay here in La La Land. So he would be the guy. I mean, Dennis Schroeder is someone that I've come to admire the way he plays. I did not know he was that good. But again, when he played for Atlanta, I wasn't watching the Hawks play a whole lot. <laughs> and then he played with OKC, and I watched him some because of Chris Paul, who had covered, and Shea Gilders Alexander, who had covered. So I watched him a little bit, but I had no clue Dennis was that good on defense. Then I was told by scouts that Dennis actually made his way into the league by being a good defender. Mm-hmm. So I know what to expect from him. I, I think Drummond might be the one guy for the Lakers can actually sort of show out, become that guy. Because I'll tell you this, Sherrod, I was surprised that Boston traded Daniel Thies, Thies? Tice. Tice. I mean, mm-hmm. I did not see that coming. 
And I didn't quite understand why, but maybe you guys can explain that to me. I thought he's played pretty well for them. Well, it, it, I mean, there are a lot of different layers of that too, but the big one is just financial finances. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cause they got a couple guys back who are on just lesser money deals and they wanted to give Rob Williams more of a, a runway yeah. to, to be a player. And as long as Tice was around, you were going to be forced to play Tice because he'd earn the right to play. And you're not going to yes. demote him uh, for that. So Rob, it's, it's to amplify Rob Williams, save a little bit of money uh, and give them a little bit of flexibility going forward. Um, but definitely it, it was a move that the Celtics felt, you know, was a good one for them. And a move that we feel every week is a good one for us is – our partner, betonline.ag, which is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Listen, the uh, okay. football draft okay. is right around the corner. NBA season is in full bloom. We've got NHL in full bloom. Everything is kicking. BetOnline is the place to be. It covers awards, TV shows, reality TV. Get updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. Uh, BetOnline has you covered for all the news. Head to the website, use your mobile device, and sign up today and receive 50% Warm welcome bonus with that promo code is CLNS50 for the 50% welcome bonus. Bet online, your online sports experts. Kwani. Yes. What you got? Talk a little bit about the younger guys. Obviously, Jason Tatum. The the eyes will be on him on the Celtic side, and he has that connection to Kobe via the Lakers. But another connection is the fact that they didn't take him because they decided to go with Lonzo Ball. Do you know if they were at all interested in drafting Jason Tatum to begin with? Based on my understanding, they were not because they had Brandon Ingram. You know, to which my response was, if the NBA is a game where it's positionless, then you can play Brandon and you can play Jason together. Magic and Rob Plinka did not see it that way. They were sold on Lonzo. They were sold on the ball family. And coming out of college, Lonzo was really good. Yeah, just that once he got to the NBA, injuries hurt him. He couldn't shoot at all, especially not. But now he's improved his shot. You know, so I don't even think Jason worked out for the Lakers, which was understandable because in LA it's about stars, and Lonzo and was a star. How to make star. <laughs> yes, he does. From the time they went high school, they were just well known throughout Southern California. Right. He went to UCLA. Lonzo helped them to get pretty far in the tournament. They didn't get to the Final Four, but they were successful. And so he was like that guy. We all thought that was the right choice. It turns out, you know what? It was right because it helped them to get AD. So there you go. True, true, <laughs> true. It, 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 way. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I'm always surprised when when there's a clear cut like top three or four players in a draft, and if you're in one of those slots, you don't work out all those guys that are in your range. I, I, I've never really understood that. Um, but but again, to your point, Lonzo was a proven commodity from a star standpoint. And, and be, it, let's be honest, a lot of times that sizzle goes a lot further than the substance of the player. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it did help y'all get AD. And AD yeah. is kind of a baller. And AD, when he was on the, the block, made it clear he wanted no part of Boston, which, which again, it only adds to right. me, it only twists the knife just a little bit counterclockwise. Uh, when you realize that Boston wanted him badly, he wanted no part of Boston, and his camp came out and said, You know, he if y'all trade for him, he ain't staying, right? He ain't staying. right. So, well, look, here in LA, we thank you, Boston, especially the Red Sox. <laughs> 
We got Mookie out here, baby. I'm That's a Dodger fan. Don't bring that up. Oh, oh, oh. And we got a World Series because of Mookie. Come on, man. Thank you, I hate Boston. Y'all. He just ripped the bandaid off the wound again. Hey, anyone else you want to send us, please? We'll take them all. But Mookie, man, again, talking about stars, Mookie is a star in L.A. He's a quiet Missouri star, but he's a star. So Boston, thank you. He looks happier, too. I'm not not even mad about it. No, no, he does look happy. I'm mad about it because he should should still have been here. A brother with a guy with that kind of talent, should not be allowed to get away without being a serious fight. And I, I, there, there are the, the apologists mm-hmm. who will make the case why it was the right move for this reason and that other. But the bottom line is he's a hell of a player. Uh, does n- will not embarrass your organization with some At of the all. nonsense that a lot of these knuckleheads do, mm-hmm. and can, is actually productive. And so, what exactly is the so is, it's it's about the money? Is is he? Um, I don't know, man, started. but. But here in LA, he is beloved. I mean, As he should talk be. about him all the time. I mean, and the thing he did, he, he took a stance during the season when there was a protest going on. He went to the Dodgers and said, I'm not going to play today's game, but I will be in the dugout and I'll be with you guys. And mm-hmm. by doing that, that showed a lot of African Americans and those who were involved in these protests that he's willing to do something and to put himself on the line. To, by doing that. So the Dodgers stood with him, which was something that we were kind of surprised about. But Clayton Kershaw, who was doing the pitch that day, he stood with him. Justin Turner, he stood with him. So by doing that, that made Mookie even a bigger model in LA because he stood for something. And he stood for something along baseball players. There's still a few black baseball players out there, but they know people like LeBron James, NBA players had their backs. So again, thank you, Boston, for Mookie. <laughs> well, another Boston LA connection is LeBron now being a part owner of Fenway Sports Group. So maybe right. he can help with that franchise around if yeah. they give him a little more say. You know, maybe if the maybe if LeBron was the owner back in those before Mookie got here, it wouldn't have happened. Right. If he would have stayed. But then again, though, we got magic over the Dodgers, so it'd have been a good fight. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> The idea of LeBron James holding up the World Series trophy in Boston it's is so just funny. <laughs> come on now. It's come like on now. it's come like on. one of those like bittersweet moments. Like you're happy that they would the, the Red Sox could potentially do that, but the fact that LeBron James is holding ooh ooh, ooh. stomach curling yeah. moment right now ooh it'd it be a bunch of yay boo boo yay. <laughs> exactly. Basically, and speaking of LeBron and AD, though they've been out a good amount of games for the Lakers, are they concerned yes. at all about their rankings dropping as a result of this? You know, that's always being talked about. But I always remind fans, my friends that are Laker fans, that if the Lakers play a game tonight and then tomorrow night, say Dallas plays a game and they lose. So you still have this jing and yang going on. The Lakers themselves are not concerned. Obviously, say if the Lakers drop and they have the playing game, they would be concerned that they could also lose that game and the season's over. But if you're playing against the Lakers for a playing game, do you want to see them? No. You don't want that smoke. You don't don't want that. You don't want to see that happening. So right now, the team I'm most worried about, only because of the injury, is Denver. 
That's one team I really like to watch play, but they lost Jamal Murray. The Lakers are a game behind them. They're a game and a half ahead of Portland for the sixth spot. I think two games in front of Dallas. But, you know, everyone plays, and then the game just keeps moving on. So I think the Lakers will avoid falling out of the top six. I'm not sure about that, obviously, but I think if they do that, and then once the Bunny James and AD come back, they can then move up. And if they move up and they stay in that top four, then whoever the fifth seed is, you got problems. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that's uh, the, the Lakers are, I, I feel bad, not so much for the Lakers, but whoever they're going to play in the first round, yeah. if they continue to slide, because you're going to have somebody like, a, you know, a, a Utah or the Clippers or a team that's had a really good season and your reward for a really good season is you got to deal with a healthy, well-rested LeBron James and AD in the first round of playoffs. Exactly. And you you don't want that. No, you don't want that problem. And the one team I keep, you know, talking about is Denver. I love watching them play last year down in Orlando in the bubble. They were fun, but they've lost a big piece of Jamal Murray. And I don't know how they survived this. The rest of the season, obviously, Joker is great, but they lose a lot in that. Yeah, I agree. I agree. That's actually the perfect segue into our game time. Mm. Yes, so, we like to play games. We play games okay. on this note. Okay, you, okay. <laughs> you kind of touched on this, but I'm still going to ask you. The game's called Pick and Roll. You pick a team and tell us why you're rolling with them. And so which team do you think is the biggest threat to the Lakers out west this season? Biggest threat, I'm going to say the L.A. Clippers. Ooh. Because I think they have a really good coach in Ty Lue, and I'm a little biased because I've known Ty since he played for the Lakers. I'm glad you brought but, that up because I was yeah, just like, now, wait a minute. Yeah, wait, you know, you're Ty go uh, way back. Wait, 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 look, look, and I just talked to him a couple of days ago. I guess I kind of they checked look at you out here. That's what we do out here. Come on. <laughs> and like, they have two great players. And Kawhi and Paul George. Now, my fear for Ty and the Clippers is which Paul George will they get in the playoffs? Will they get the one who's was the player of the week or the month for the NBA? Or will they get the one who was shooting air balls against Denver? Shooting the ball against the bag boy. And they're complaining about what they did not do for him. Which guy will they get? Will they get the tough guy? Or would they get the guy that can be soft at times? Would they get the guy that knocks down shots? Or would they get the one where Damon Lillard goes bye-bye right. when he sent him home playing for mm-hmm. OKC? But I think that the Clippers are the one team that has the talent to get there. But again, the Clippers have never got past the second round of the playoffs. So that is always over their heads. Until they prove they can win a championship, we all say, they cannot win a championship. Yeah. yeah. And they get a chance to do it this year. It's not over yet. Yeah. I I, I want to go with the Clippers. Uh, cause okay. you know, it, I, as as well as you working with Ty, you know, me and his, you know, leaders, one of his assistants, Chauncey Billups, we go yes. way, way, way back. Yes. But but mm. I'm gonna roll with Utah. And here's why. Okay. 
I'm going to roll with Utah because they've already hit that slump that I was hoping they would hit in the regular season where they lost some games, had to figure things out, had to reset and recalibrate. How can we get back to winning? How can we remain one of the top upper echelon teams in the NBA? you got a superstar in Donovan Mitchell who I think is one of the more low-key, get-it-done dudes out there. you got right, an elite right. defender and arguably the defensive player of the year in the middle. you got shooters all over the map. And the, the wild card in, in all of this – Ain't nobody playing defense this year. And so if you've got a team full of shooters right. and no one's playing defense, you have the makings of a team that can go far and, and get past. And the other thing, too, it's about damn time that Utah broke through. I mean, I, I, yeah. I did a story I did a story on them a few weeks ago, and, and I didn't even realize this until I did research. Utah has like the fourth or fifth best winning percentage all time of NBA franchises. And wow. the thing is, Every team ahead of them has at least one chip. So they oh. are due to oh. actually put together a season that ends with the Larry O'Brien trophy in Salt Lake City, which the idea of the Larry O'Brien trophy in Salt Lake City, <laughs> other than like maybe, you know, this is what we're going to visit before we go back to the winner's crib. Utah, <laughs> take a look at it. This is not yours. They might actually be able to pull that thing down because I think the way their roster is constructed, and again, so many factors I think are weighing in their favor that they can do it. And with Drummond, great addition for the Lakers. But, you, again, you've got an elite defender in Gobert who right. can actually minimize that impact a little bit. Anthony right. Davis, to me, the concerns you have about Paul, Paul George, there's a little bit of me worried about Anthony Davis and whether he can just stay healthy enough to right. be an impact player. Because if he's healthy enough, you ain't stopping that dude. He's that right. nice. Right. But I'm always worried about his health okay. because it always seems to be an issue. Man, I, I like the Utah thing too. I, mean, I think I think back, Utah may have won a championship if it wasn't for this guy named Michael Jordan. Hmm. The push off, you know, <laughs> what push off? Exactly. You know what? What push off? You know what? It's funny because I, I interviewed Danny Crawford, who was one of the officials in that mm-hmm. game, and we talked specifically about that. And what push off? What you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> He's like every call is a judgment call, and the judgment for that call was no call. So I respect that. And, and, and like, and it's MJ. Who's gonna call MJ for a push off? Exactly. You don't need that call. In today's game, that's probably a flagrant foul, technical foul. You get thrown out the game. I mean, please. Seriously, banned from basketball. Right. It's crazy. It's crazy. <laughs> Our final game is fill in the lane, and it's similar to pick and roll, but you're basically explaining why you're filling in the blank with this answer. So this okay. person or thing will be one of the low-key factors in the game winner, uh, well, deciding the winner of Thursday's game of Celtics Lakers. Could be a player, could be a thing, mm. could be an abstract. I'm going to say... Jason Tatum having the ball last. Ooh. And yes. And who would the Lakers have on him to try and stop him from either tying the score or shooting a game winner? Because we know he can put numbers on the Lakers like he did last year. He is not going to be a problem. He is a problem. So for me, it is Jason Tatum. Will he be the guy to take that last shot? And who guards him? to try and slow him down. Not only will he be the guy taking that last shot, 
He's going to double down and take that shot and make that <laughs> shot from Kobe's spot. He's going oh, to oh, 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 hit, okay. hit you with the Kobe hizzy anyway. Okay, okay. I, That's I what he's going to do. But, uh, Sherrod, but, you know, this today, this Tuesday, is Kobe's anniversary of his yep. very last game. Yep. Yeah, we did several stories on that, and I have to admit, it was fun. It was fun talking about Kobe Bryant, someone that I covered for all 20 years. Man, the dude can be deaf, he can be tough to deal with, but I will say this, as you know, he made me become a better reporter mm-hmm. and become more knowledgeable and to do more research on the game to make sure when I asked him a question, I had to be on point. Otherwise, you got that look like, what's up, Mofo, you really asked me this question like that? <laughs> And Man. sometimes he would actually say that. <laughs> right, right, yeah, what? He was like, hey. oh, are you really asking me that? <laughs> and, and a whole lot of bad words, too. Yeah. But if you say those bad words back to him, like, oh, for yeah, I said that, then he, he respected you. Yeah. So that, that was my guy, Kobe Bean Bryant. I just I just remember uh, when Gordon Hayward was here in Boston, and, and we talked about this a couple years ago, just that game, because he, he got a lot of that business. That, that Kobe, uh, he got a lot of that business. And, and Gordon, I remember Gordon was telling me that, you know, we all knew that that was like Kobe's last game. He was like, but somebody forgot to tell Kobe that it was the last game because he played like he was like, fresh, like day one, beginning of the season, fired up, energized. They just, there was nothing they could do. They could not stop him. Um, he was that good. No. And he got the win. Hit you with the 60-piece and got the dub. And got the win. You know, Sherrod, one of my favorite stories that I wrote about for the LA Times was when the game was over, I was walking down a tunnel where the buses are and the cars, and mm-hmm. I see Kobe with his family and his wife, and he's laughing, kind of having a good time. And I decided I'm going to walk off the arena. But I changed my mind. I thought, you know what? This is 20 years. The last game, I walk back. He sees me. He goes, man, get your black ass over here. And then, oh. <laughs> yeah, typical Kobe with me and him, but we never talked about how he felt about the game. My first thing was, I said, yo, Kobe, Mofo, you dropped 60. 60. A 60 piece. He just smiled and laughed. And then we spent the next 10 minutes or so talking about former teammates, about the clothes I was wearing, because we always joked that he said I was the best dressed sports fighter around. I said, man. Okay. Look, look what I'm up against. Look at my competition. Right. We talked about we talked about wine and a big up Boston. I reminded him of a story back in Boston when the Lakers were playing a regular season game. He's at the team hotel bar. He's watching Duke in North Carolina, and as you know, he loved Duke. Loved Duke. Well, loved him. Well, this fan is saying, "Hey, Kobe, sign this for me." Security guy says he'd do it for you as soon as he gets done watching the game. But the guy just can't stop. We walk in, we sit down, and the guy goes, I'll buy you a drink. So Kobe goes, what about my friends? You buy them around too? He goes, sure. T, what are you drinking? Some wine? I'm cool, Kobe. No, hell no. We're going to bear this for the night. So the dude orders, I'm going to say, three or four rounds for us, and come back, get the most expensive glass you can find. Autographs for the guy. The guy walks so happy. He goes, BT, that dude so damn drunk, I bet he will lose that autograph. Ain't life great? Yes, it is. Thank you for the water, brother. Appreciate it. Oh, oh my goodness. <laughs> In Boston. I love that, man. I love that story. That's a great man. story. 
it's man, it, it's it's great when there are like moments like that that yeah, no one will believe except you who lived it. Right. Wow. Like when I like when I tell people that me and Rasheed Wallace went out to lunch mm -hmm. and he was talking to me about like reading a book on Genghis Khan. If I hadn't lived that, right, right, I right. believe that. <laughs> Not Rasheed. Exactly. Exactly. We we actually it was like one of the few times where I think the amount of cuss words exchanged between us was under ten. Damn, that said a lot. That said a lot. A whole lot for Sheed. Oh my goodness. But you're right. <laughs> No one would believe that unless you told them that and you lived that yourself. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Wow, this has been good, man. This has been oh, really man. good. Man, look, I love the fact that you threw in that ad. That was damn good, Sherrod. Get that, make that money, man. <laughs> make that money. You know it, man. You know it. Man, Brad Turner. NBA writer with the Los Angeles Times, one of the original OGs in the game. Uh, I can't even begin to tell you how much knowledge I've tried to sap from his brother through the years. Uh, nobody knows I connect with players the way Brad does. I mean, the stories he told you, I mean, that's that's BT in a nutshell. Uh, when I came into the NBA, he was one of the dudes that I was told, you need to meet BT. You need to know BT. And uh I'm 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 almost so much better because I do I did that. So appreciate you, brother. Thank you. Brad BT Turner. Good stuff. Good stuff. What jumped out to you about what he said, Quentin? Because he said a lot of good food he put on the table there for us to munch on. Yeah, and I as we know, the Celtics Lakers rivalry I mentioned is something that's always compelling. So just talking about the historical connections, obviously giving some love to Kobe Bryant and just looking forward, I'm looking forward to the matchup even more now that we've gotten a little inside scoop from out of LA. What about you? Yeah, I, I like to talk about Andre Drummond and, and the fact that, you yeah. know, he's yet another individual that was in that whole Laker Celtic, you know, solar system and he chose to go to LA. Uh, and just, I'm, I'm curious about his impact and, and Brad had a lot of, you know, good things to say about, about Andre and a lot of realistic things to say about Andre. Uh, someone who we know likes to score, uh, he also likes to dabble in extracurricular activities like music, which um, uh, I'm just going to let folks go to Spotify and try to find his content out there. And you judge for yourself where he's at in terms of of, of his music. Uh, but it was it was a good conversation. Love the Kobe stories, uh, yeah. especially the one at the bar. I mean, that that's that's just an awesome, awesome story. And And, and again, that's. You know, BT is one of those guys who's been in the business a long time and knows a lot of people. Uh, has lots of, you know, great Shaq stories that we didn't get into uh, today. Uh, and, and just really has a lot of good content that he can deliver. And speaking of good content to deliver, yeah. what, Kwani, what you got coming up? I was going to ask you first. Well, I'm actually, I just auditioned, I guess, uh, on WEI. I don't know if that's a conflict of interest, <laughs> but that was fun. That was a good chance of me dabbling more into the audio world. So if you have a chance, definitely go check that out. But obviously, 10 Questions with NBC 10 Boston is always up and running. You can check that out on our website and see what I have coming up. I have an interview coming up this week. What about you? Good stuff. 
Uh, let's see. We got a little Bleacher Report action coming up soon. Looking at the Chicago Bulls, who are actually no longer the lovable losing Bulls. They're actually starting to move some things to where they may be a team that to watch in the future. And I get into some of the things they're doing uh, beyond just adding Vucevic, but, but some of the other factors that are contributing to them being a team that executives think is trending in the right direction. I'll do something for Boston Sports Journal as well, just kind of recapping the Boston Celtics uh, road trip and just some of the positive negatives and what stands out and what needs to stand out on the curb with the trash from that trip. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so that's that's pretty much it. And you know, just, just loving life, loving life, loving the sunshine that we're getting here yeah. in Boston. It's starting to feel more like, like we're getting close to summer. Uh, I know that spring is like sort of kind of here, but I'm thinking I'm thinking down the road. I'm like Danny Age. I'm thinking down the block. I'm not thinking about what's on my street. I'm thinking what's at the end of the road. Summertime, getting that summertime vibes. Uh, all good. For sure. And as always, we want to thank our sponsor, Bet Online AG. If you haven't signed up already, be sure to do that with our code CLNS50 for that discount. And of course, if you're listening all the way through, then I hope you subscribed already and shared this with a friend. But for A. Sherrod Blakely, I'm Kwani A. Lunas. Come back next week. We out.